Got some Tim Hortons here, courtesy of Will Do. He got me a bagel at the same time. And he asked me if I wanted it toasted or warmed. Mm. Remember that? I was like, you're crazy, man. It was toasted and heated. Or heated. It was that those were options. It wasn't like a given. Yeah. That it was gonna be toasted. Yeah. There was a heated option. Which is like what a microwave or something for my bagel? I don't even know. I think so. Who even does these things? Well, they don't want it maybe crunchy. They kind of want it just warmed up. Well, I want it crunchy. Okay. Although I'll just complain about the toasters in these places anyways because they say it's toasted, but then you really got to double toast it if it's going to have any crunch. Because even those toasters, they really just warm it up. Yeah, maybe the insides are a little bit. Don't uh, get me started on it, Will. Yeah. <laughs> that was very loud. <laughs> We're back. It's a lot to talk about. Apple announces AirTag Find My changes to cut down on stalking and misuse. This is it, man. This is do or die. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the last chance for romance for the AirTag because it's story after story now of people misusing the thing. And you got to wonder if Apple is sitting there running their analysis and saying, you know what? It ain't even worth it. We're giving these things away for like 29 bucks, whatever it is. And we're getting these stories and after stories. And it's only a matter of time with the PR nightmares and such. I hope that it doesn't happen as often as... Uh you would think it does you know i mean there's news reports but yeah but you're apple at the same time you're apple and uh i mean from a brand perspective you've got this tremendous reputation mm -hmm. and you just never want to be associated in stories with these headlines at all you yeah never, there's a prestige there exactly and then you're seeing the thing oh this dumb air take thing they're so useful but this handful of people are uh Pissing in the soup. Oh. <laughs> oh man. You got this beautiful uh, opportunity to never lose anything ever again. And then, just like everything else, it only takes a couple bad apples. You like that one better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not urinating in the clam chowder. I, I, I like how, how it, oh. it hit you so deeply. Yeah, that just, one stung. It's weird because... <laughs> I mean, it could be so many things, but you were sitting there thinking of you. You were reflecting on your whole life, imagining that you've eaten some soup that somebody pissed in. Yeah, I saw it all happen to you in real time. Well, definitely don't do that, anybody. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a growing concern for people, and Apple as well has has made such an effort to be perceived as the privacy conscious ch uh, choice for your technology. Mm -hmm. And then people just going nuts with these air tags, and they're uh, stalking people, and they're, they're slamming them into cars that they want to yeah. steal later. And the media doesn't help because they really promote this kind of negative stuff. You're talking about us, <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> We're reporting on the reporter. <laughs> well, I mean, that's listen, man. That's how it goes, right? It's like we don't get to pick and choose uh, 
which stories are relevant to people or what people are talking about. We react to what people are talking about and seem to think is important. And to be to be fair to the people talking about this, it is kind of important. I mean, if this thing was used against you, you would be, um, well, you would have your own issues with, uh, with the existence of it. And you would want some sort of measure put in place as well. So anyway, apparently there's some upcoming changes, a number of changes in an upcoming software update, including adding a new warning, advising users during the setup stage that AirTags are linked to their Apple ID and that stalking is a crime. So this is a warning actually at would-be stalkers saying, hey, hey there, get it together. Hey, behave properly, please. As a disclaimer. Yeah, it's like a disclaimer for the would-be, don't get any ideas type of thing. Uh, I mean, it's pretty subtle. Additionally, Apple said it would fix a confusing bug with accessory alerts. The unknown accessory detected alert, for example, only shows up for certain AirPods. Or find my accessories, not AirTags. Going forward, Apple says it will implement a new message letting users know if an AirTag has been traveling with them. So uh, I guess it's a little more, uh, what would you say, a little more precision with the messaging. Before we started shooting, you said, I don't know. Is this too little, too late? Is this going to really do uh, mm -hmm. very much to stop this type of usage? I don't know. Let me tell you where I usually land. I say you give the people the thing. You see, I mean, outside of, there are exceptions to this, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it, you, you, um, it's tough to keep the technology back because, how, as we mentioned, it's a, it's a, it's a small group of people, presumably, that are using them in this fashion. And I guess it's gonna be a constant analysis though, where they're gonna to have to keep track of it. And I guess Apple knows because hopefully these things get reported and then it can be some sort of balance where uh, the only time restrictions come in or if they do decide to uh, alter the product, who knows, maybe next time around there's something they can do. Uh, you remember we were talking about how they were disabling the uh, audio alarm that gets set off on the thing mm -hmm. so that no one could hear it once it had been planted on them. Well, what if uh, Apple could design it in such a way that would kill the entire device if somebody was to do something? Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm sitting here. I'm trying to imagine the ways in which you could fix something like this. But definitely if it continues and definitely if it becomes a problem with a, at, at a larger scale, then people start to look to Apple and say, hey, please do something about this. But it's complicated because the vast majority of people are using these things in the way they are intended to track their things and not lose their things. So do you think that this update right now um, works or helps by just uh, adding a disclaimer there? <sighs> so far, it doesn't seem like it, there's any software. No, updates. I mean, you're threatening the stalkers, which are they really concerned? Is this linked to your Apple ID? I presume these guys are already setting up uh, fake Apple IDs. AirTags have been used to deter theft and track shady movers, but reports also indicate that the tracking accessories have been used for stuff. Yeah, we've seen all the reports. Has Apple done enough? Apple says it is working with law enforcement on AirTag misuse, which it says is rare. However, it added that each instance is one too many. Well, that's a thing, man. I don't, th I don't think it's RIP, but definitely like next gen really focus on this one particular mm. target, which is figure out how to make it less interesting to yeah. stalker types or thieves or criminals or whatever else. And that's a tough challenge. Very tough mm -hmm. with that type of technology. Uh, Apple developers rip the company's latest attempt to thwart. How often do you use that word? Well, thwart. 
I really like that word, but it's I never a, use it. No, I mean, it's tough to put together to like fit it in your mouth. Thwart. Yeah. <laughs> With my mouth, it's a, uh, yeah. Thwart. It's a tough one. <laughs> to thwart payments competition in the app store. One called it scary. Another thought the new 27% fee was a joke. <laughs> so, uh, well, Apple has no shortage of critics, has no shortage of fans either. Probably. Oh, definitely more fans than critics that are out there. But anyway, I, I I don't even know that this is necessarily criticism. If it is true that it's a 27% fee, then that's pretty wild. If mm. that's actually what it is. App developers, however, are criticizing the company's latest requirement, including a 27. Why 27? Apple was fined again over a Dutch order that it opened the App Store payments to other providers. Apple shared new requirements for dating apps in the Netherlands to use third-party payment systems. Uh, app developers, however, are criticizing the company's latest requirement, including the 27% fee. Um, so this has something to do with a regulatory battle in the Netherlands. And developers, well, we already knew developers were a little, getting a little upset here. And that's kind of what the Epic thing was about. Uh, they were trying to get people on board saying, hey, you don't like this either. Or you shouldn't like this. And, and it looks like in this case, Apple was fined 5 million euros, 5.7 million this week for not complying with an order to let dating apps in the Netherlands use competing payment providers in the app store. Apple service, as we know, take cut, takes cuts between 15 and 30% on in-app transactions, including if you do, a, if you're watching this show right now, live on iOS, on an iPhone or an iPad, and you try to do a super chat, if you're in this chat right now, and you try to do a super chat, which is to send money to us, to the show, and like send a message. That's how super chats work. Apple will get 30% of that right away before uh, Google or YouTube touches mm. anything right off the top. They Apple, skim it. They're going to skim that 30. Yeah. So let's <laughs> see how you feel about that. But it, it, it feels and sounds different depending on the scenario. I'm sure with these dating apps, they probably have like a monthly recurring subscription fee and Apple's just getting that 30 over and over. Or in this case, it looks like 27. Apple is requiring changes that some developers are calling a tax for not using the App Store, like requiring an additional 27% charge on top of other transaction fees. Hmm. iPhone maker was incentivized to make third-party payments as cumbersome as possible. Heads I win, tails you lose proposition. Um, uh, if developers move to another payment provider, Apple charged a 27% commission rather than 30. It would actually end up costing developers more overall. So they picked hmm. the exact number <laughs> that is not worth it to you because as you know, when it comes to payment processing, Will, you're in like the kind of three, 4% area hmm. normally for payment processing. Interesting. Uh, you can, if you have a lot of volume, you can get it kind of as low as like one, one and a half points on Visa and stuff. But, uh, Apple knows that that gap is not going to make it worth it. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, go uh, process your payment somewhere else. We're still going to need 27. We're going to give you a 3% discount. And then everybody knows, oh, that's what it's already, yeah. the payment processing cost It's costing me in the open market. So forget it. I guess we're back to the app store. So this, this conversation is not done yet, but it does seem like it needs a little bit more flexibility depending on the product or service. And the difference between uh, buying a, uh, a one-time app and a one-time app purchase with the associated percentage versus like a recurring subscription or in the case of people watching this this uh, uh, live stream that want to give a super chat. Is that 
Apple taking 30% because you downloaded the YouTube app mm. and your payment situation is through iOS. It's like, whoa. Anyway, it's the conversation is not over. Apple thinks it's a, it's a very valuable part of the process. It is a very valuable part of the process and people are going to continue to argue what that value is worth. Mm -hmm. 27, 30, 15, 17, 23, sure. 23, 28. I'm just saying numbers. Pissing in the soup. Uh, easy. Android Apple Music beta code refers to unreleased Apple Classical app. I didn't even know this. they were working on this. I guess it makes sense. Android Apple Music beta. So you're going to you're going to listen to Apple Music on Android now. I just I'm I'm not sure why, but I guess they want to mm. be competitive with the likes of Spotify, so uh they have to be available everywhere because yeah. people use Android devices like myself and it immediately like I never considered Apple Music because I have so many I have all these devices. I want to be able to go between them with my music service. Or maybe the rare chance that someone's moving into an Android device and then they just still want Apple Music. Yeah, I heard the algorithm algorithm's really good. Yeah, so it's I think it's it's you know that market requires it. If you want to have a competitive uh, audio streaming service, you got to be a cross-platform service. Mm -hmm. So Apple's latest Apple Music beta app uh, for Android may have revealed the name of the company's forthcoming app dedicated to classical music, suggesting a release might not be too far away. So this is an interesting piece of this. I suppose we already should have known that Apple Music was coming to Android. I didn't. But this piece that someone was able to extract is that they're going to do a dedicated classical music app. Hmm. And that gets me going a little bit. Sometimes I'm in a classical mood. And I just want to stream the classical. I mean, I have no problem doing so on YouTube, YouTube Music, or Spotify. But I already have too many subscriptions, by the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, is this a studying thing, the classical music? Of course it is. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Man, there's whole, like, genres and subgenres of studying music. Huh. I got into that. I mean, you can get so specific with it. Dark academia. Uh, some mm. pe People definitely know about this stuff. It would be like, you are alone. In an old library. Mm. In, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's raining outside. Yes. And there's a fire crackling. Yeah. And you're studying. And classical music is playing, but it sounds like it's playing inside the space. Uh. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It's not like super clear. It's like it's like your, your brain is placing it somewhere physically in that room because mm. it's mixed with the ambient noises. Mm. Man, you can study to anything these days. With uh, spatial audio as you, well? You kidding me? Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah, people are going to take advantage of that. But uh, yeah, listen, I don't think it's going to be enough for me to switch. I got too many subscriptions. Yeah, I hear you. But spatial audio classical, yeah. man. That, is that going to make me get another subscription? Uh-huh. Apple recently, go back, let's just get that one paragraph. Apple recently advertised a job for a UX designer to work on the new standalone music app. According to the job description, the candidate would be expected to provide UX experience and new perspectives specifically for Prime Phonic in order to help realize a distinct experience for classical music that would include visual, audio, and haptic aspects. Oh, baby. Yeah, we're talking about a sensory experience, mm. Will. Don't mind that. Easy, Will. Put it away. Put it away. Put it away. Never mind. Never mind. From start to restart, we're proud to rethink the life of a product. Watch hash, hashtag Samsung Galaxy and at BTS underscore TWT. I didn't, that's, they can get at BTS. Mm, yeah, interesting. 
share a powerful message about protecting our planet. This was part of the Samsung Unpacked event. I had not seen it yesterday, but it was too much for me to miss because you know how it goes with BTS and Samsung. They've been working together for a while. Mm -hmm. And they probably were trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to utilize this endorsement deal yeah. this time around? Or like Everybody's talking about sustainability these days. So you got like a crumbling planet in a hand. And then you got your BTS guys, and they're all handing, uh, handling these uh, cards with words on them, okay. like powerful words. You see how they walk in here? He walks in. It's the ocean water is kind of being projected on him. Oh. And he's telling you about how terrible, like how we ruined everything, and, and the animals are suffering. And anyway, it's completely uh, environmental. But the, but they're also you know they have their usual kind of uh, heart throbbiness going on as well, mm -hmm. and then they also care about the environment, so it's more heart throbbiness. Yeah. Do you know how I, this works, Will? I'm trying to explain it to you here. Yeah, I'm trying to take it all in. Like this, are they gonna do another sing and dance? No, oh, this no? is serious. Okay. There's no song and dance here. This is a serious one. They can be serious too. Oh. You understand? It's like when Jim Carrey did Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Oh, right, yeah. So sometimes yeah. you got to go serious, and BTS, they can do it all, man. Uh. Song, dance, but also serious is what they're doing here. Okay. So anyway, they're in like a warehouse, and it's kind of messy, but the camera keeps panning backwards, and they're talking about how uh, you're going to recycle your devices, and the oceans are going to be sorted out. And it's the future is amazing because of Samsung and the galaxy and the planet. Mm. And then the flowers show up. And I mean, right. we need we need a, we need a production staff like this because you just look at what they look what happened. They just held up the cards and then the flowers came together to make a, a flower globe. Well, I'm convinced. As I, oh, that's what I'm, I mean. If anyone can do it, BTS can do it as far as I'm concerned. But 1.1 million views on the. Uh, uh, Samsung's Twitter account. So 150,000 likes. People love the BTS. They love the BTS. What mm -hmm. can I say? They love the BTS. YouTube is adding new ways for creators to make money with shorts and shopping. Uh, a lot of new features are in the works for 2022. Is this part of the... Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So it's Neil. It's the thing we were looking at earlier. Yes. Uh, uh, Neil put out a blog post uh, or an email as well, I guess. He did, yeah. Okay. So, load. so this was sent to us, this blog post. I, I didn't uh, realize there's also turned into a news article, but everything turns into a news article, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Neil was nice enough to be on his show at one point, and he was kind of defending YouTube's decision to uh, not eliminate the dislike button, but to sort of uh, eliminate the count of dislikes, if you recall. He was on the show. You can go check it out. You can get some backstory on how they think about it. But mm -hmm. anyway, this is more uh, YouTube projecting into the future a look at 2022 community, collaboration, and commerce. Uh, talking about everything from monetization to live, which that's us. We're live. That's us. We're live showing a platform. Talk about YouTube shorts. They say, oh, people love the shorts. We got... Oh, look, for more on how we make product decisions, check out my recent conversation with Lou. Did oh, okay. You, did you even notice that they I, put a link? I had no idea. They put a link <laughs> to it. And I like how they just said with Lou. Like not, yeah. they didn't have to say the show or anything like that. So yeah. shout out Neil for uh, uh, giving a link to, to this show right here inside of his blog post. We'll have him on. Look, man, if you guys have questions, if you guys want to know what's going on with the platform, 
with YouTube, and trust me, I do too. He appears to be very open to coming on. Now, you got to understand, all right? He's got a very uh, uh, comprehensive job over there. It's He oversees all kinds of stuff going on at the platform. It's a, it's a hard thing to do in the first place, and it's, it's, just, it's often uh, not black and white, these decisions. Like, you, it's very gray zone. It's very, uh, what would you say, um, gradient. You're, you're going to do one thing, you're going to piss somebody off. You're going to do another thing, you're going to piss somebody else off. And then that's all inside of your decision-making around where you're, where you're trying to uh, take the platform and who you're competing with and what your competitors are doing. Yes. Like TikTok, who's, you know, stealing some attention here and there. They got to pay attention. Anybody with the job will be doing it. But anyway, if you guys uh, have any specific questions for Neil, I'm sh uh, he's been very receptive. So you can send them to us. And we can relay. Uh, anyway, they're also talking about uh, expanding avenues for branded content, bringing super chat into shorts, and eventually enabling the ability to shop from a short. So you could show off a quick product. It could be cool for unbox therapy. You could like buy it right away. Uh, also, possibly could be useful for merch. A lot of your favorite channels are supported uh, via merch. So YouTube is changing. It's trying to grow with the times. It's trying to not uh, become stagnant which is a good thing. It's a mm -hmm. good sign. I, but they did have to throw NFT in there. They had to throw crypto in of there. Of course, yes. Because uh, you can't, you just can't, there's nothing, there's no announcement. You do not make an announcement in 2022 that, that does not have NFT or crypto in it. It's not an announcement. Yeah, it's not serious you, without you, NFT. That's right. You just got to do... Uh, and Web3. Yes. Those are the key terms you just got to do a command f on your uh, macbook over there or control f or whatever you just got to do a find in your browser for the word nft on the press release or the announcement to see if it's real or not or you could choose blockchain it's up to you although i think <laughs> nfts are up or maybe that's a hot one right i now. think it goes nft then it goes blockchain and then after that it goes uh crypto dot com maybe i don't know actually and as far as buzz goes at the moment nft blockchain Crypto, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is sure. probably still up there, uh -huh. you know. But we anyway. can do a Google Trends. Later. Oh, what about and Web three is below all of that. Web three is only the only the heavy hitters are going into Web three. Uh, but anyway, whatever. Shout out YouTube. Thanks for the link in the uh, article there, and uh, good luck. We'll be along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you guys in the audience be along for the ride. We're about to. By the way, I should just say we're about to launch. Like we're doing stuff for Lou later. And uh, we're taking it very seriously. We are serious people. Will and I, serious. You understand? Sometimes the volume goes up and down and this and that, but deep down in the depths, in the loins, serious. All right. Yeah. And, 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 and we're, re we're, we're redoing the uh, branding for this channel right here. And we're, there's a design contest going on on uh, 99 Designs. Mm -hmm. And so we're rebranding. So if you have any ideas around that, I don't know if you're a designer. If you goof around with 99designs, you can see our uh, contest over there and you can submit. If you don't goof around with 99designs, you can tweet your designs uh, at me if you're interested in the gig and I can consider that too. But there's an ongoing contest right now. I believe people are already submitting their rebranding ideas for this show because we never really had an identity. It was kind of a thing. It was like make the videos, post the clips. Like it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I'm just saying, Will, it's a lot. No, I agree. 
And it's nice uh, if, you know, one of our gracious uh, audience members create some sort of logo no, or yeah. branding. No, I'm, I'm just saying like, and I can't, it's like interactive. Like yeah. I can't make any guarantees on that because we already put the contest on 99designs. We've already got submissions. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to end up going with, but I'm just saying if this like really gets you going, then, you know, I'll look at, I can, I, I'm totally open to look at some of your work and stuff. You can just tweet it at me. I'll look at the replies and take a peek at it, or you can go submit officially via 99designs. I don't know how it all works, but. Okay. Because uh, we yeah. did pick the premium tier, which means like we were only getting uh, like whatever they called it. I don't know, uh, pro designers. Yeah. It's all going to be a wild ride. We'll keep you in, involved. Maybe they can, maybe if the audience doesn't submit the logo, they can help pick based on mm. our submissions. We can bring them yeah, up on there. That's a great idea. And then see like, we'll have a little vote in the sure. chat and see what people like. Joe Rogan turned turns down Rumble's. $100 million offer Rumble, which launched in 2013, reached a total of 39 million monthly active users in January. Wow. 39 million is not nothing. That's way more than I would have thought. Mm. Uh, anyway, this story about him turning it down, it's like not an official turn down, but I guess he did a stand-up set in uh, Austin over there. Okay. And he kind of addressed uh, some of the recent controversy going on. Uh, another thing I didn't know is that Rumble is a Canada-based video platform. It was weird because it was seemed to be signed from Florida, the CEO of the company, but whatever. I think it's in Toronto. Okay. Shout yeah. out Rumble. I don't know. Do they want to give us $100 million? Are we taking a show over there? What I'll is definitely it? take it. Okay, let's go over there. But No, I'm kidding. Hey, listen, <laughs> we're here. Remember, I talked to Neil, all right? He's fixing a platform. Come on. Uh, anyway, so he was doing a set in Austin, Texas. It was a stand-up comedy appearance, I think, Tuesday night. And the Hollywood Reporter was there mm. to to report on what's going on with Joe because Joe is all, all the news these days. Joe's blown up recently. So anyway, uh, I think he was kind of like making light of some of the recent events. And then I guess some fans were asking questions afterwards, after the comedy set. Mm. And somebody said, uh, hey, are you going to take the offer from Rumble? Who, who came out and put a tweet out saying, we'll give you a hundred million, say whatever you want. And he said, no, listen, let's get the quote right, actually. He said, no, Spotify has hung in with me inexplicably. Let's see what happens. That's the quote from Joe, reported by The Hollywood Reporter. So uh, it ain't happening. I'm sure it doesn't hurt from a leverage perspective. He's got this letter from Chris Pavlovsky. The address, though, see, it's in Florida, right? Hmm. But anyway, I'm, I'm sure if they have 39 million monthly active listeners and they also have uh, $100 million to be throwing around, I'm sure they're doing just fine. They have operations all over the place. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you guess? Wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. Okay. Rumbles so, all over the place. Rumbles rumbling. Would you say that? Oh, yeah. Would you say something like that? It's official. NVIDIA is now worth more than Meta. Now, this, this obviously could change at any given moment, depending on when you're watching this and things that are happening in the stock market. I don't know if you knew this, Will, but Facebook is getting beat up in the stock market recently. Mm. Well, Meta, sorry. Lost over $200 billion. Easy, Will. Oh. Don't, you don't have to say it like that on here. You know Mark's a listener. You don't have well, to rub it in. You know Mark's a, will, uh, you know if Mark add was. some fire to his uh, Mark, bottom there. Mark could give us $100 million, right? Bring the show to Facebook. Guys, we're not oh, bringing right. I'm just joking. Come on. Am I? Am I? Yes, I am. 
so anyway, uh, uh, they took a big hit in the stock market. I'm talking about uh, Meta. And on the other hand, NVIDIA has weathered the storm. And by storm, I mean they had a bit of a dip because that deal fell through with ARM, if you recall. Mm, right. They were supposed to uh, acquire ARM and then a bunch of different governments <laughs> got in there. And they're like, hey, wait a second. Monopoly, we, I smell it. We don't like this. The U.S. didn't like it. I can't remember everyone who didn't like it. I think the U.K. didn't like it. China, I don't think, liked it. I don't think anybody liked it except for NVIDIA and ARM. Uh-huh. And maybe a couple of other people that stand to benefit from such an agreement. But anyway, NVIDIA has had no problem bouncing back from that failed deal. And I think you know why. I think it's the thing that he's ha- he's handling there in that photo. That's the CEO of NVIDIA. And can you tell the people what he's holding there, Will? It's the probably a 3090, I'm it, guessing. Whatever it is, it's a GPU. Yeah. And people are scrambling to get their hands on these things all through 2020, 2021, and now into 2022. They found a way to stay on top, and uh, uh, gaming has exploded. I don't know how many of these things they're selling to miners. That's also yeah. exploded. Uh, Meta's fall from stock market grace this past week saw 30% of its share value wiped out, leaving it with a total value in shares or market cap of just $615 billion. That is clearly still a lot of money. Anyway, this is the way it works with market cap. So for a moment, NVIDIA's market cap surged up to $657 billion, making it temporarily uh, ahead of mm-hmm. Meta. It's an interesting comparison. They obviously have different businesses, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, if you were, uh, if you're one of these investor types, or if you're just a technology fan, it is interesting to note that, like, how how they, how these different technology companies are able to um, continue to perform, and whether their own individual storms, as far as their future is concerned, and the uh, environment that they're doing business in. I mean, obviously, Facebook and Meta, they've been they've been rapidly trying to diversify. Mm-hmm. And uh, NVIDIA, similarly, looking at a company like ARM, but uh, does, does this mean all that much as far as market cap? I don't know. Probably not. This, uh, this They could flip-flop at a later moment. Mm-hmm. But good luck finding a GPU still. Yeah. That, that's crazy. We've been saying that for years. Oh, we've, we made our way to Will's favorite store of the day. Uh, it's Bronco Update. And uh-huh. uh, so Will is in the... In the, in the um, He's in the grip of the process of acquiring a Bronco. And it's been such a crazy huge topic around here in the studio. There's like a daily update going on right now. Yeah. He really wants his Bronco, but he's conflicted about whether it's the right choice compared to other options or uh, if it's really suitable or if it fits. And then Ford has to go out and do a special edition 2022 Everglades exciting model for people who are currently, uh, who have pre-ordered. And they now have the option to get this version. And of course, they got to make the coolest video in Everglades. And they're using a winch. And it's like the dream comes alive here. And Uh Will has to watch this thing. Oh, yeah, this is uh, terrible. I'm suffering over here. He has to imagine himself outdoors in the Everglades, or maybe, I don't know, mm. Muskoka or whatever our, uh, version of it you want to do around here. And uh, uh, well, what can I say? I mean, you can't do this in your current vehicle, Will. I definitely can't. What can I say? And this one, this Everglades version looks really cool. 300 horsepower. It's got the hard top with the roof rack. The color is sick. 
whatever that is, that kind of like uh, linen or, or sure, tan. Yeah. It's like a military tan. And in this video, he rolls out there and he, he hooks the winch up to a fan boat, which is what you do in the Everglades. And he, and he, by the way, is not worried at all about mm. traveling through all this water because he lifted up. He's got the big tires. He's got a snorkel on there because it's yes. the Everglades edition. Uh-huh. <sighs> I hear you. It's got the Sasquatch package on it. It's lovely. Look, he's got they got the the lid off on the front part of it, but then they got it still on covering the back. And then they're like, "Hey, we rescued the fan yeah. boat. Now let's go take some photos." And then he and then it's like, "Let's do a little little get muddy. Let's get muddy." Mm. You know, Will needs a car that looks better when it's muddy. Yeah. He needs a car that he holds down. I want down. this. This paints the picture really You, you uh, got to hose it down, man. Uh-huh. So anyway, Ford, Ford <laughs> keeps hammering Will, and they keep hitting him right where it counts. And he's yeah. barely hanging on right now. He's in real trouble. Yeah, I'm just and, constantly sweating. Yeah, and I don't know how he's going to I don't know how he's going to deal with it. You yeah. know, that's the thing. It's uh, we're going to have to you guys are going to have to keep watching to find out what happens, man. When he pulls that trigger, you're going to be the first to know. Or if he doesn't pull the trigger, or if he pulls a different trigger, you're yeah. going to be the first to know. Yeah. Binance, led by the world's richest crypto billionaire, is taking a 200 million dollar stake in Forbes. Uh, the funds will help Forbes execute on its plan to merge with a publicly traded special purpose acquisition company or SPAC. In the first quarter, according to people with knowledge on the deal, Binance will replace half of the $400 million in commitments from institutional investors announced earlier, making it one of the top two biggest owners of Forbes after its listing. Mm. Hey, Will, why would a crypto exchange uh, at the scale of Binance, why would they be interested in a publication like Forbes? Go ahead, Will. Definitely want to be uh, number one in like the articles and everything. Mm. You know? Um you're more talking, you're talking about influence more coverage you're talking about jeff bezos buying the washington post is that what you're uh -huh. talking about yeah so if uh so all we need to do is is uh buy one of these things a couple hundred million and then every story is just about this show right here is that yeah. how it works well? we should look into forbes actually. or do we just start saying do we just start saying outrageous things and then uh and then people get mad <laughs> and then all of a sudden yeah we can do that too no we're not doing that okay all right we uh we walk the tightrope. That's what this show's about. We uh, we try to exist on that thin line. <laughs> we try to stay balanced on that thin line. Yeah. You know? All the time. You know, you just kind of walk scary. across it. You know, No, dude, don't look down. Never look down. No, well. no. Don't look down. Yeah, you're dead. Uh, yeah, okay. So it looks like they got an interview with the CEO as well. It's competitive in the crypto exchange space, and everybody's looking for an edge. Of course, we've talked about the things that Crypto.com has done to stay in the public eye as far as sponsorships go, affiliations with the likes of Matt Damon, uh, LeBron James, mm -hmm. the former Staples Center where the Lakers play. And actually this show, they're going to be sponsoring an episode coming up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so Crypto.com is uh, out. They're just doing this out in public. You know what I'm saying? You know what uh -huh. this is, Will? For those that are just listening, they're like, what the hell is he doing? I'm just doing the money when you... When you're you're flicking the bills in this direction over here, making it rain. How about the fact that Forbes has been around for a hundred and four years? I would not have guessed that. No kidding. That's a long time, man. Just publishing magazines. Yeah. Well, sure. Originally, yeah, paper would have been paper. Well. Wow. Okay. Well, good for them. Speaking <laughs> spe speaking of cash, you want to run our ads right now? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Let's go ahead and take a break. Stick with us. We're not even halfway done.
Today's sponsor, Me Undies, a very comfortable sponsor. I look forward to reaching in the drawer every morning for a super soft pair of undies and a fresh pair because they have a subscription service. So you never forget to refill and uh, and have them perform at their highest level. Granted, I've had these I've had some of them for a while and they've still held up, but mm -hmm. Uh, they have all types of options, whether you want something simple or if you want the new Disney collab, maybe you need Mickey Mouse on your underwear or possibly a pajama shirt. You could be cool like this as well. And the key for me is that they're using this very soft micromodal material, which you don't even notice when it's on. It's uh, very lightweight and stretchy, and it also breathes. And it's a natural material, so uh, I wear them every day, MeUndies. MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For a limited time, get 25% off your first order of matching pairs for Valentine's Day. And as a first-time purchaser, you can also get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. To get 25% off matching pairs, 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash later. That's MeUndies.com slash later. And we're also sponsored by Stitch Fix. Discover a shopping experience created just for you. You need something to put over top of those undies, then this is, uh, this is gonna help you out. Shopping online, picking a style, this can be complicated, this can be difficult. This could be frustrating, actually. Uh, what happens here is you, uh, you get fitted by a designer. You kind of pick certain elements, things that you like, you give them a head start, and they're going to uh, pick out a number of looks and send them to you. Things that actually go together with one another, create a complete look from well-known brands, actually a thousand plus, plus brands and styles. You can see Nike, Adidas. Uh, North Face, Levi's, so you can get jeans and stuff. Uh, even uh, footwear as well is in there. You see New Balance and uh, Sperry. You can then go ahead and shop your personalized store if you're looking for a specific item, or you can get these things sent to you, at which point you can keep what you like. You can send back stuff that you don't. You get to try it on in the comfort of your own home. It all starts with a style quiz. You're always in charge, free shipping, returns, and exchanges. You can update your preferences if your style changes, you know? You might have to go, you might have recently had a child and then you have to go more dad mode mm. with it. You have to go towards the comfort. Or maybe you got a new job, Will, and you got to dress it up a little bit. Or you just want to go experimental, you know? Just try on a different so. style. It's up to you, it's all happening, stage fix. Get started today by filling out your free style quiz at stitchfix.com slash later and take advantage of free shipping and returns. That's stitchfix.com slash later to try Stitch Fix. Once again, that's stitchfix.com slash later. Yeah, shout out stitchfix.com slash later. Gotta love the, uh, the sponsors make this show possible over here. We're back and we're moving to the McDonald's news. McDonald's planning to open restaurants in the metaverse. Ah, of course they are. Yeah. Metaverse. Uh, Look at all these ads here, though. No, that's, sorry to just interrupt. No, you, it's it's uh, this web geez. this website said yes to every yeah uh, banner. Section. We'll take it all. Yeah. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, how is it going to work? A fancy fancy an NFT with your Happy Meal? McDonald's is making its way into the metaverse. 
By registering for 10 trademarks in the virtual space, the filing was noted by the trademark attorney, Josh Gerben, who tweeted that McDonald's had submitted the trademark applications on the 4th of February. One of the trademark applications was for operating a virtual restaurant featuring actual and virtual goods and operating a virtual restaurant online featuring home delivery. Ah, okay. Mm. So rather than just go into my ordering app, I'm in the metaverse where I live because I don't move. And I order my food in something that looks like a McDonald's restaurant used mm. to look in the real world before I entered the metaverse permanently. And you can get a digital cheeseburger and then digital fries. Yes. And digital then, shake. And then I get the actual one delivered as well. Uh -huh. See, they said it's virtual goods and uh virtual goods and what are the other goods? Actual goods. Mm -hmm. Um the real the more important thing. Yeah. <laughs> the goods that keep you. Who wants alive. a digital cheeseburger? I don't somebody does. Well, come okay, on. yeah, that's true. So, I'm so, uh, I mean, listen, man, digital everything. Who, do, who decides which digital thing is the valuable one? I mean, imagine McDonald's put out some sort of limited edition uh, purple bun cheeseburger NFT. Mm. And there's only seven of them. All of a sudden, you're lining up. All of a sudden, you're uh, opening your crypto wallet, aren't you? Yeah. No, um, I'll, I'll take the physical. Just give me that one, all right? Hey, man, that's fine, I too. I can't. I don't mind. Hey, man. Hey, man. Don't hold me responsible. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're hopping on McDonald's. Oh, it looks like Panera, Panera is doing the same thing. Look no further than the Panera verse. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> Panera has filed. Panera Bread has filed filed a trademark application. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if these companies just sort of do this stuff just in case if they actually are going to execute on any of it, or if they're just hey, we better. Start moving in that direction in case that's what we want to do. I don't know. Might be some of that too. Mm -hmm. Researchers confirm newly developed inhaled vaccine delivers broad protection against SARS-CoV-2 uh, variants of concern. Huh. Uh, McMaster University. Hmm. Interesting. That's around the corner. Uh, not quite. Hamilton. But anyway, so I guess these are the researchers over here. What do we got? Uh, Sam Afkami. Matthew Miller, Michael D'Agostino, Shu Singh, and Brian Lichty? The Avengers of the disease world. Of Yeah. Of I the, mean, the way that they're photographed. It's big. They're photographed in a big it's way. It's very cinematic. Like okay. a Marvel You know what I like universe. about this photo is the guy on the right who he's got his hands together. He He's the... Hulk version. Yeah, you don't. He's like he's ready to go. You don't. I mean, he's he, the powerful. He's like he's like you're gonna take this inhaled vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, let's read about it. Let's see what it says. All right, scientists at McMaster University have developed an inhaled form of COVID vaccine. Have confirmed it can provide broad, long-lasting protection against the original strain and variants of concern. The research recently published in the Journal of Cell reveals the immune mechanisms and significant benefits of vaccines delivered directly to the respiratory tract rather than traditional injection. Hmm. The laboratory and the researchers are part of McMaster's global nexus for pandemics and biological threats. I mean, there'll be a lot of people working on this stuff now. Uh -huh. uh, the pharmaceutical companies have a, have a lot on the line. I mean, they just uh, they delivered a few vaccines. I don't know if you noticed well. Mm. I don't know if you heard these words. I don't know if anybody. I don't know if anybody uh, walked up to you quietly and whispered in your ear, Pfizer, Moderna. 
Yeah. I don't know if that ever happened to you, but it happened to me. I got goosebumps. No. Yeah, I got goosebumps. I was like, I turned around, they were already gone. Oh. Uh, and then I had a and then I had a little um cotton ball <laughs> on my arm. <laughs> I'm joking. It's a joke. Guys, holy relax, all right? Um, um, apparently, because inhaled vaccines target the lungs and upper airways where respiratory viruses first enter the body, they are far more effective huh. at inducing a protective immune response. The reported preclinical study, which was conducted on animal models, has provided the critical proof of concept to enable a phase one clinical trial that is currently underway to evaluate inhaled aerosol vaccines in healthy adults who had already received two doses of a COVID mRNA vaccine. Wow, this is... I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. You're, 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 the virus is coming in. You're inhaling. It's coming mm. in the lungs. The vaccine is going in the lungs. Um, I try to think about the implementation of it because now people are going to these venues to get the inhaled vaccine and then people are putting their mouth on the thing and then you're changing out the components. But I guess it's a nightmare with the, with the needles as well, right? You got to sure. set up a new set for every single one of those. Um, so... Who knows? Which, Who knows? Yeah. What is there something you want to say about it? I mean, I, I'm just looking at the device here. Yeah. Um, instead of a needle, they'll be using this, and I guess it's just one. One per like use. One inhale. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I guess I, I. It's a proof of. Did you just take a deep breath? Are you imagining inhaling your vaccine, or what are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing it right now. You just went. <laughs> I'm just know. practicing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that the it's going to be reusable. It would just be the mouthpiece that would pop off, and then I guess they would replace it or sterilize. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know because you're right. You got a vaccine, or you got a if you got the next pandemic, and they're like, oh, are you everybody's inhaling the vaccine? Then you it's be, a lot easier. No, but you got to be concerned right? that people are coming in breathing oh, right, contaminants yeah, yeah. into the thing. Right. So you got to be very careful about the uh, hygiene aspect, but I'm sure they've got a plan for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is hilarious. This is just, did you watch this clip or no? <laughs> I did not. Okay, okay. This is just, you know what? Can you, maybe just watch the clip. I don't even think I want to say the headline. Just watch the clip, okay? okay. It's, it's wild. Additionally, if you open this up to ice fishing. Make it big. Well, on the surface, it sounds good. Then what happens next year? Does someone come back and say, I want an ice shanty on Hudson mm. Springs for X amount of time? And if you then allow ice fishing with shanties, then that leads to another problem. Prostitution. <laughs> Just data points to consider. What? <laughs> I'm not in favor of shanties. <laughs> um, I have well, one more thing. The guy puts his hand on his um, shoulder. It's okay, buddy. So if I wow. couldn't figure out if this was real or not. Honestly, it was somebody has to do some sort of comedy show. Remember, I was talking about this ages ago, uh. which is just maybe it's been done before. I don't know, but it's like the mayor and city hall because this stuff is hilarious. Like that's uh -huh. what they're talking about. And he's the he seems like the main guy. He's the mayor. Of this town. Oh, okay. Yeah. A uh, city of, is it Hudson? Yeah. He said it, it, that ice fishing leads to prostitution. Mm. And uh, some of the replies are hilarious. They're, they're, they're like, this guy seems to have a lot of knowledge about what happens once you start ice fishing. <laughs> like, like, what a weird, 
uh, connection. I hope I'm not getting duped. I hope it's actually real. I mean, it looks real. Hudson Mayor Craig Schubert argued on Tuesday evening that ice fishing in the city would lead to fishermen setting up ice shanties to protect them mm. from the cold. And then those shanties lead to prostitution. You see how that's how right. that's the the connection. It's I feel like you please play it one more time. I know you I, just play it one more time and pay attention to the guy on the right. Okay, during the clip. The guy on the right. Look at his expression is all of our expression. While on the surface it sounds good, then what happens next year? Does someone come back and say I want an ice shanty? On Hudson Springs Park for X amount of time. And if you then allow ice fishing with shanties, then that leads to another problem. Prostitution. And now you got the police chief and the police department involved. He can't tell if he's if he's yeah. if he's joking or not. The guy on the right cannot tell if he's joking or not. At first he wasn't even looking at him. No. And then when we started talking about shanties, he's like focusing on his eyes. Oh man. Anyway, that stuff, if I could just watch stuff like that all day, I mean that is top level content. Whatever's going on great. in these small municipal uh conversations is just it's incredible the the these the, the leap that's being taken there. Um, I could think of so many other potential problems with having uh, people ice fishing than going that direction with it. But uh, it's and it seems to be relatively harmless. The conversation, at least this one. Oh, what do you mean? Like it's not hurting anyone. The conversation? Yeah. Well, I presume it it would hurt ice fishermen if they end up not having their shanties. The guy is the mayor. That's the crazy part. The guy is the mayor. But it's not like it's oh, attacking. Oh, look. See, this, one, this person agrees. We are all this guy. It's true. Yeah. We're all, wait, what did this guy just say? I don't know, Will. Uh, have you ever seen like an ice fishing hut? Yeah, like the thing that comes to your mind is not prostitution. If you were to see a sure, yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. not. Maybe you're like, hey, be careful out there. I hope the ice is thick enough, or I hope you get them off in time before we get warmer weather. Or these are this is where your head goes. It doesn't go there. <laughs> so you think that fishermen are like offended? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I think they're like us. I think everybody is that guy. I think guy. this this is so ridiculous that everyone would just find this funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody is that guy on the right, no doubt. But I, I mean, he is the mayor. I don't think he can do it, uh, restrict it without the, mm. a vote taking place. But it is, uh, it's not, I think it's funny because it's also funny because he's not nobody. He actually makes decisions like this mm -hmm. on rules around these things. Mm -hmm. So it's extra funny because of it. But man, I was laughing over there when I found that clip. I was laughing to yeah. myself. It's giggling. Snoop Dogg now officially owns Death Row Records. Which is, uh, I mean, that's not a development you expected to see if you have any awareness of the history there. You, you, you just pointed at the individual in the far left, Suge Knight, who had a grip on Death Row. Uh, legendary record label. You have uh, Tupac in the picture as well, which uh, between him, Snoop, Dre. I can't remember who's the rapper, right? Who's that right there in the middle? That one. Mm. Not sure. Maybe it says on the other one. It's definitely not easy. -y. Anyway, no. whatever. Uh, according to a press release, sorry, scroll up a little bit. According to a press release via Business Wire, the rap legend will be leading the brand 
For the coming years as its new owner, Snoop originally joined Death Row in 1993, where he dropped his critically acclaimed debut album, Doggy Style. Now, who knows? By buying or acquiring the rights to the music group, by buying Death Row Records, he may unlock other opportunities for some of his old recordings as well. Mm. Uh, maybe NFT related. I didn't even want to say it. I didn't even want to say it, Will. Well, he's really into that. I know he is. He's yeah. always into whatever the new thing is. Sure. And then I see something like this and I'm like, huh, what would his incentive be? Can he turn these old records or old assets into some crypto related Web3 thing? That's immediately where my head went. Mm. Not prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not sea shanties. Snoop yeah, Dog, that's not where his head is at. No, I don't. I hope I don't think so. Snoop Dogg emphasized how excited he is to have acquired such a significant brand to the culture, like Death Row. I'm thrilled and appreciative of this opportunity to acquire the iconic and culturally significant Death Row Records brand, which has immense untapped future value. I told you, man, it feels good to have ownership of the label I was a part of at the beginning of my career, and as one of the founding members, this is an extremely meaningful moment for me. I would like to personally thank the teams at Blackstone, MNRK, and especially David Kestenbaum, who worked collaboratively with me over several months to make this exciting homecoming a reality. I'm looking forward to building the next chapter of Death Row Records. Next chapter, Web 3. Mm. Repackage. I mean, I'm just talking right now. He could do whatever he wants. I'm not sure. He could turn into movies. He could, you know, they did the NWA movie. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. Uh, he previously discussed his desire, desire to own Death Row Records in an interview with G GQ. He explained being turned down to purchase it led to a role with Def Jam. Hmm. Yeah, it's been passed around, that's for sure. But I guess he's calling it a homecoming. It's, uh, it's kind of nice. He was a big part of it at one time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess the name is not going anywhere now that it's a part of uh, Snoop Dogg's portfolio. And I guess it could uh, come back full circle, you know? Absolutely. Okay, you're going to have to explain this one to me because I, I watched this clip and I, I don't know anything about any of this. Okay. So go ahead, Will. So this was really hot um, in the morning when I woke up and uh, the baby yeah, and his baby mama, mm -hmm. Danny Lee. Okay. Um, so... They're kind of split up, but, you know, they, they have a child. Okay. Um, Danny Lee has a brother, okay. which has beef with the baby. Because of their relationship? Like, he um, Well, there were, like, um, I guess, hmm, uh, arguments, like public arguments okay. with um, the baby and his baby mama. I mean, it makes sense if, 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 if they're not getting along, it makes sense for the brother to not be a fan as well. But and just according to reports, like the brother just wants to back, you know, his sister up. Okay. Okay. And um, he actually confronts the baby at a bowling alley. Okay. Where you saw the video? I saw a very short oh. clip. I did not see a minute 41. So this is where it beyond like the, the weirdness of, of the history or the story like, they're fighting at a bowling alley. Yeah, right. Like, in the middle of the lanes. Yes. I'm just going to show a little bit of it. Yeah, just a little bit. So, the baby hits him first, and then they immediately Oh, it's so fight slippery. In the lanes. It's yes. so slippery. They all have bowling shoes on. And they're, they're just all sliding around. Oh, my God. That is so weird looking. It looks like it's... I mean, 
the the brothers. Oh, uh, it's it's just all of the baby's guys yeah. just jumping in basically. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of hair pulling, hair, a lot of violence. The, the hair pulling for sure. I mean, this is the thing about hair in a fight. Oh. It's such an easy way to control a person, mm -hmm. especially the way his hair was configured. The guy who was getting beat up. I feel like the baby might be regretting what he did there. Oh, never mind. Not yet. Uh, because you're you're the baby at that point. Mm -hmm. So uh, the problem is now, uh, I mean, I'm not sure the whole things that preceded the actual event, but yeah. this guy now is going to have a case against you. You, you uh, seemingly attacked him in the bowling alley. Mm -hmm. There's so many cameras everywhere. Yeah, so the brother, his name is Brandon Bills. Mm -hmm. I should have said that earlier. But he kind of spoke about this fight afterwards and uh, said that this wasn't a fair fight, obviously, um, yeah. just based on the cameras. And they, he does want to fight him, like one-on-one, -on -one, oh. boxing match. <laughs> Apparently, he is a fighter. Like, he's a good fighter. There's no way that that's going to happen. No, no, but... But you know, I don't know, maybe the clip blow, blew up. Maybe there's a market for it. Maybe they can both make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just crazy. Like just chaos at the bowling alley. It's really weird. When you said fight at the bowling alley, I didn't, uh, I didn't think it was going to be right on the lanes like that. I, everyone knows how slippery that is in the bowling yes. shoes. It's like the worst fighting scenario. Actually, the guys who end up getting some traction and leverage, they stick their foot into the gutter. Yes. In order to have something to anchor themselves into. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this, yeah. It's and not, there was hair pulling. Not, not an ideal. Cheap shots. Not an ideal uh, scenario over there. That's for sure. Um, you know, he, the brother said that he was brave, but I think it's, I mean, I mean, you're, you're facing the baby's crew. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you're, like seven, you're confronting guys. him in front of him. It's just like, yeah, he's got security. There's no way that you're going to win. They're doing their job and, you know, but my thing is now he has leverage. Uh, yeah. I, I presume he can sue him and I don't know. Sure. I, I'm not sure he's going that route. You said he wants to get a boxing match. So whatever, but he has some degree of leverage here. Um, and then they have a history as well. So I like, I don't know what preceded the event. Like, mm -hmm. like, did he slap him? Like, did he antagonize him? We only have the clip from when it starts. So, yeah, we can only learn so much. Oh, uh, Arnold is back. And this is another segment that he's been doing as the character uh, Zeus. Zeus. He is Zeus. He's an amazing Zeus. Fantastic looking Zeus. And it's all part of a promotion uh, for BMW. And I got to believe it's leading up to the Super Bowl. Mm. to do a campaign of, of this scale. There seems to be uh, these clips that, that are emerging. I think I might like this one better than the last. I don't know. I mean, I liked, I liked the cafe one. Okay. Th this one is a little bit uh, more in depth. He has a wife here, which is Selma Hayek. Okay. And uh, he's, anyway, you go, yeah, just play some of it. Play some of it. It's a really, it's a nice mood. It is time for Susan and I to retire. But where will you go? That's it. I'm done with this place. We'll see about that. 
Everything okay out there, baby? Peggy, a little water. I figure you could use a little pick me up. There you go. There you go. All right, music, 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 music. <laughs> I want to walk down to Electric Avenue and then we'll take it higher. Yeah, uh, that car looks cool, man. What do you think? Yeah, I think it looks uh, great. I like the color. It's like that flat gray. It looks futuristic. Some people are offended by the enormous grill, but all electric. What a way to launch it, man. Like, it mm. looks futuristic. You got Arnold. He's uh, shooting electric lightning bolts out of his fingertips. You got Salma Hayek. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got Palm Springs. Bigger budget. You got a budget. Yeah. You got a budget. You absolutely got a budget. And he's having a blast driving around in his electric vehicle. Cool. That suits him. And he's still killing it in in his, uh, well, I was going to say in his retirement. I mean, he retired from politics, but he sure, he sure didn't retire from acting. Very tasteful. I oh, like this. You like it as well. Yeah. Okay, I think I think BMW is doing good here. Uh, I can't wait to see the vehicle like a vehicle like that in studio. I, I the last electric BMW I looked at was a little the little one. Remember that one? Oh I, yeah. I never looked at an i8, or I've looked at an i8, but like not on camera. And then ages ago at CES, I actually drove around the little one. I think it's the i3, but this one is a whole different look. Like that's pretty cool looking. So very cool. A new competitor. Futurama is being revived at Hulu. I did hear about this. Original creators Matt Groening and David X. Cohen will return alongside voice stars Billy West and Katie Segal, among others. Uh, apparently, like, okay, so how does this work? Is, is will Hulu will hire the team to make more Futurama, but were they shopping it around or did Hulu come to them and say, we need Futurama? I think it was Hulu. That wanted them to uh, make more episodes. A 20-episode run. That's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. uh, the third That's like, uh, what, one, two seasons around there? The third one season? Oh, actually, no, because I think, it, you, well, I don't know how many episodes they're doing now, but I think when, when it was originally airing, it would have been more episodes per season, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, On TV, I'm talking about. Was it Daily. No, not daily. No. It would be weekly. weekly it would be right? weekly, yeah. but they would run it all the time, right? It's not mm -hmm. like these modern shows where it's like an eight-episode yeah. epic. I remember Simpsons had like 20, 30 a season. That's right. See, something like that, yeah. right? So anyway, uh, point being is they it's being revived for a 20-episode run, the third platform for the animated comedy. So where was it before? Uh, it, well, Fox was where it started, but then it went to Comedy Central, mm -hmm. and now it's going to Hulu. Mm -hmm. oh, man, it's tough for me because it's like so many platforms I got to have. Yeah. I got to have so many subscriptions to enjoy all the things. Wow, Were look you, at that uh, clip from 1999. Yeah, I watched it. I probably watched like early, first season. Yeah, maybe like that, 99. Yeah. Because it was, what? There's going to be another show from The Simpsons guy? What? Mm -hmm. I mean, you had to pay attention to. Plus, it was in the future, which, like, I've always been into the future. Bender? That's that guy's name, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good memories for me, man. I just remember Bender, the character. He was in an episode where he's a wrestler, and his name was Gender Bender. <laughs> and he was wearing, like, a tutu or something. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, 
Very uh, interesting times there. Yeah, no doubt. Futurama becomes the latest adult animated title to be revived, joining the upcoming Beavis and Butthead update. Oh, wow. Daria spinoff, Jody, and the Ren and Stimpy show at Comedy Central. Huh. Clone High at HBO Max and King of the Hill. Oh, my goodness. They're bringing it all back, man. Everything, everything we grew up with on TV is coming back. What does that tell you? I think it tells you nostalgia is big right now. Right. Like a lot of people our age group are trying to relive the glory days, Will. Mm -hmm. uh, what their favorite animated series when simpler times, Will. Mm -hmm. uh, here's the hot tweet of the day. What do we got? Oh, my God. It's up to 758,000 likes now. 92,000 retweets and 3,000 quote tweets. Here we go. How TF a computer going to ask me if I'm a robot, comma, MF, you are the robot. Mm. Crying emoji face. Can I get a review on this hot tweet, Will? That's very hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the measurement, hot or not. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. obviously hot. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing to me. I, I, I sort of follow along these uh, emerging popular tweets, and they seem to have some sort of characteristic in common. They have to feel really casual, like not a lot of thought went into it. But mm -hmm. then they have to have a quality, which is an extra second of thinking about it. If they have both of those things... And typically an emoji as well. A crying face is probably sure. popular. And then another thing they always seem to have is um, a rearrangement of what's capitalized and not. Often the yes. sentence will not start with a capital. However, capitals can show up at a later time. Mm -hmm. These seem to be the characteristics. Anyway, in this case, the part that's supposed to make you think is how can a robot ask you if you're a robot that's the part mm -hmm. you're supposed to think mm -hmm. about and also why do i have to answer to you robot if i'm a robot or not a robot mm -hmm. how dare you mm -hmm. so it is an odd it is an odd question that we've all just become comfortable with that moment when you have to do the little puzzle to to prove when you submit something mm -hmm. it's it's weird that we all got comfortable with the idea of it's suggesting that you're a robot how about just say verify your yourself verify mm -hmm. uh it, it, verify that you're a human. I think some of them do say that. Oh, yeah? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. I think so. But anyway, it's your hot tweet of the day. I don't know. You guys can rate it yourselves. Rank it. Yeah. How? Just how hot is it? Is it almost a million like hot? I mean, I guess it is. But. I think it's pretty good. All right. There you go. Uh, the food being served to Olympic athletes who are quarantined in Beijing. To make matters worse, Russian athlete Valeria... Vasnetsova says foreign athletes who test positive for COVID are being starved so they can't compete even if they recover. Okay. Ugh. So remember earlier we were talking about presentation when it comes to food. Mm. This presentation is immediately brutal. You just see that and it doesn't yeah. matter if the food was good or not. You can't, you present it like that. And I'm terrified. I'm like, yeah, what's going on here? Uh, you know, I'm getting flashbacks of Fire Festival looking at this. Mm. When it's just the overhead <laughs> shot, the poorly lit overhead shot of the food options. And, but I'm going to try and guess what's in here. So okay. you have some, what looks like penne. It's not a lot of pasta there. I'm guessing the red stuff is the sauce for the pasta. 
There's some potato in the center. I have no idea what's in the top right corner. Do you? Uh, maybe a slab of chicken. Maybe protein, <laughs> you know? That's what I thought. But then those, get some look, meats in those there. look sort of like ribs below that. Yeah, that's not enough. But, but also, would you typically have a, a chicken slab and then ribs beside it? Like it? The whole thing doesn't feel very cohesive. Definitely not. Um, yeah. Let's see some of the comments. Let's look at some top comments here in this post. Well, you know the old saying, starve a COVID, feed a cold. Oh, God, Lord. <laughs> feed a COVID, win a medal. No, no, no. Starve the athlete, win the gold. Oh, my God. These are, yeah, this is. This is rough. <laughs> well, it's what you would expect, right? Dived into but a nobody's Reddit actually, rabbit hole. Nobody's actually talking about the substance of this particular meal, but it has been a rumor anyways that the, uh, I guess the meals have not been what people mm -hmm. wanted, I guess. Because that, that that's something you even said on a previous episode. Yeah. You were like, there was reports of. Just, they don't even have hot food. Yeah. Like it's just lukewarm or it's just cold. But how do you know this, Will? I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. This picture is uh, uh, purported to be from from there. So I, I guess we got to take it for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure someone's doing even uh, more research here to find out yeah. how accurate that is and if everybody's getting that dish or what the hell's going on over there. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Oh, my God. This story is wild. Speaking of the Olympics, uh, did this China men's hockey team is just a wild story how they came to be mm. since they're hosting the olympics they're you get an entry for a hockey team it, well any, right. any sport including a hockey team but china didn't have a hockey team and so they had to make one and right. uh well that's hard to do to compete at the international level so they reached out to a bunch of people all over the world mostly north america mm. and started to set up ways for them to play on the team and actually change the names of a lot of these guys, so they didn't. Oh boy! It wasn't obvious what was going on. I guess um, uh, one of these people, uh, who is it? Uh, Smith. What's his first name? Sorry, scroll back up a little bit. Let's see here. Uh, Jeremy Smith. Jeremy Smith was a goalie in the AHL, and he was on the bubble between the NHL. He was always a number three goalie. So you have like these type of players that are right on the cusp of playing professionally, but it just doesn't happen well. Okay. And China's like, hey, those are our type of guys. We can get them because they're not currently playing professionally, probably, but we need a team. And so they start reaching out to these people and they say, hey, come play in Beijing. Uh, these guys are like, are you telling the truth? Like, I'm not going to renounce my citizenship, whether it's Canada or the U.S. That's the report here. And they're like, no, 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 don't worry. You don't have to. And they're, okay. like, they're like, really? We don't have to? And they're like, no, we'll give you a passport. Come play on this team. We need to be competitive. And so they brought them over to actually play, I believe, in a Russian league. Uh, uh, if you scroll down a bit, the name of the team was Kunlun Red Star in Russia's Continental Ho Hockey League. And then that served as an incubator for the eventual Chinese men's national team. Hmm. And so they were all going to come together, play together, and train for this 2022 Olympics. But as you know, well, it's very hard to compete at the international level, especially against professional players. Right. So they went out and imported players like Smith that we mentioned, former NHL players Brandon Yip, Jake Chelios, and Spencer Fu. 
So obviously, if there was any kind of uh, Chinese heritage, they would gravitate towards those players. Right. Because it would be a better fit when they provide the passport to be on the team. They also hired the likes of Wayne Gretzky, Phil Esposito, and Mike Keenan to help their uh, program out. What? Like as coaches or something? I, I Probably as advisors. Okay. I don't know if anybody was traveling or not, but they didn't want to be embarrassed when it right. came time for the Olympics. Now, I'm going to just spoil it a little bit. They lost 8 nothing to the U.S. in game one. But shout out to these guys. They're out there trying, man. But the craziest part is that they changed their names. So I guess they temporarily got a Chinese passport, and then they changed their name. So go and show some of the names here. Uh, let's see. Scroll down a little bit more. Uh, nah, maybe it was the other article that had the names, or maybe you guys scroll down even more. I feel like it was in here. Um, you got to go. Keep going. Well, this is a long article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's comprehensive. ESPN, man. They got to dive in. There we go. Every player is listed as a member of the Kunlin, Kunlin Red Star per the government's demand. And they had to get rechristened with Chinese language names. So Whoa. Jeremy Smith became Shimisi Jairumi. Jake Chelios, uh, the former Detroit Red Wings defenseman and the son of Chris Chelios, he became Kaliosi Jieki. Brandon Yip is Jingjuan Ye or Yi. And Dennis Osipov is Aksbofu Denisi. So these are the names on the jerseys oh. over there that they're playing under. And so you got to know, you got to look them up, see who they were when they were playing. Uh, in other leagues. Wouldn't they have like a Chinese name? Though, are you talking about the type of names that they gave them? Yeah. They're, they're not Chinese, these people. I know. Yeah. But like they have to, I guess they have to directly translate it from their like real names. Well, they were trying, yeah. They were trying to like maintain some of their. They can't be like Jet Li or something. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a sick name for a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess they have to have some uh, connection to their actual names. Huh. And then I don't know if they were trying to somehow relate it to that region in the north, like where that team was playing mm. in the uh, Russian league. Because some of those names, I don't know. They, they kind of seem like a crossover. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. Wow, okay. It's, it's hard to know what's going on, but I'm kind of weirdly rooting for this team. <laughs> Are they uh... just because I know just because I know how it is, man? It's hard. You play at the elite level. Now, another thing happened, another thing developed where the NHL players, because of COVID, they weren't going to go and they didn't go. So, mm. even the American and Canadian team and so forth is not the top, top mm. available, available players. So, you would have thought, oh man, maybe they can hang, but still, no, they got obliterated. Well, eight nothing to the U.S. team. We'll see how it develops, but I, I have a uh, some renewed interest in checking this out. These guys get okay. a chance to go in front of, you know, a big crowd. Some of them never had the op that opportunity. Sure, or, yeah. Or at least not in a while. Opportunity of a lifetime. And uh, they might be, uh, they might have a different passport. <laughs> it could be a movie. This story is wild. Like that's An story. experience too, you know? All right, last one here. Last one. 740,000 pound painting, so that's like a million bucks, is ruined after bored security guards draw eyes on the faceless figures on his first day in the job 
at a Russian gallery. My God, see, this is why you need NFTs, Will. A classic botched painting. You can't draw on an NFT. Yeah, uh, we well, we love botched paintings <laughs> I, around here. Yeah, they're so funny. We're big, we're big fans of botched paintings. We will report on any botched painting yeah. that takes place. The security guard had drawn two pairs of eyes with a ballpoint pen onto artist Anna Leleporskaya's three figures, which is a painting from 1932. It was on display at the Yeltsin Center in Russian city of Yekaterinburg. The artwork was defaced by the guard who worked for a private security firm. Good uh, Lord. I, hope, mm -hmm. I don't know what type of insurance is in place. I don't know what happens to this guy. Yeah. It's a 60-year-old painting. I don't see the eyes, though. This is before. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is, uh, my <laughs> God. So I'm just going to change oh this a little bit. Oh, my God. That is a crazy move. Mm. To throw the ballpoint pen eyes on there is a crazy... I don't mean you're bored, but, like, you can doodle on anything. You go over yeah. to the painting in the museum, mm -hmm. and you draw it. I mean, you were definitely... Uh, Trying to get away with it, I guess. I don't know. Like you're gonna figure. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Man, that's a. Usually the funny ones are like with the best intentions. Yeah, those the, are the funny. Ones. Well, the funniest <laughs> is like someone goes in to try to fix it up. Yeah. Or or, or help it out. They're like, oh, the paint. The painting's all beat up because it's so old. And then they uh, they're like, I can. I have a. I have a, a paint set. I have artistic expression. Yeah, I can fix it up and, and no problem. Just like new, just like repainting, uh, uh -huh. you know, a garage door or yeah. something. And then it looks terrible inevitably and, and the value is completely gone. I presume you could kind of fix this one because it's not a terribly hard repair. No. So the repair cost was going to be, I think, around three to four thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Which is not bad. So the guy can get a fine and uh, hopefully survive this. Yeah. Uh, police have opened an investigation for vandalism, which comes with a 395-pound fine and a one-year correctional labor sentence. Okay, so this is, I mean, he's facing something. But I don't know if, did you see that Dave Chappelle story as well? It's kind no, of a weird one. He had his own city hall moment. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us here today on today's episode. It was a blast as usual. We love what we're doing here. You make it possible. Oh, yeah. Quick shout out to Colby Hanley. Colby Hanley. For the super chat. Super chat. Keeping us alive. Keeping us running. Keeping the heat on or the air conditioning, depending where you are and what time of year it is. It's people like you that help us to do this show and stay motivated and keep coming back every day with the hard-hitting stuff with the most important set of tabs on the entire internet that day. Like, that's what we do, Will. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really quite a mission we have here. Yes. Only, I mean, we got like 20 tabs to work with and we really, we got to target the right ones and we need the variety. I mean, where else are you going to find a, find out about botched paintings? Apple News. And and cool music. McDonald's, Metaverse, Snoop Dogg buying uh, Death Row. Yeah. It's just a wide variety of topics for a wide variety of audience. Our aim is to crunch it all into this one hour and to do it with you guys here. So, Shout out. 
Thanks again. Thanks for joining. Bigger, better things to come. See you tomorrow.